Hello and welcome back to the Building Happiness podcast. Now today I'm joined by Princess. <laughs> and Princess is a 19-year-old student studying computer science at Loughborough University. She's a member of ACS and the G team, which I'm very happy to have on board as, as a speaker and webmaster. And now Princess, would you be able to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Well, a little bit more. I'd like to say that I'm a very sporty person. I enjoy playing netball, football, and a range of other types of sports. Um, I also like storytelling, so I try to write on a day-to-day basis, so, yeah. That's really good, that's really good. I know, I've, I've heard a couple of the stories that you've got kind of getting on the go. See, I know, I know maybe you might not want to share this, but you do actually also want to write a book at some point as well, don't you? Do yeah. You tell, do you want to tell me a little bit more about what that book is? No. Is it confidential? Private. All right. Okay, okay. Well, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. So obviously, Building Happiness podcast, main topic is happiness. So what I want to ask you first is what is your kind of definition of happiness? I think my personal definition of happiness is just loving yourself and being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So in that sense, it's like when you have a bad day, be comfortable with it because bad days are bound to happen. Don't dwell in the negativity and just find at least that little something that'll make you happy or do something, even if it's for like a minute or five minutes, that'll make you happy. And then that way I feel like it leads to happiness. So in that sense, that's kind of what happiness is to me. It's not about, you know, being happy 100% of the time, yeah, being comfortable. That's fair enough. And in those kind of like one minute, five minute, 10 minute, whatever it is, what are the kind of things that you would recommend? Maybe stuff that you do, maybe stuff that works for other people. Is there anything that comes to mind? Dancing, listening to music. But even depressing music can lift my mood sometimes. You know, when you <laughs> create scenes in your head of like a cool movie and then you're like, wow, that would, you know, be a blockbuster. Yeah. Mm. No, that's interesting, actually, because usually for me, it's something positive and uplifting. But I know a lot of people, when they feel down, they list, they find comfort in listening to kind of sad music. Why Why do you think that is for you? Like, why do you think that works for you? I heard that crying, you know, lets out all the stress and the emotions that you've bottled up inside. So I guess maybe people who love crying to sad music is just like <laughs> a coping mechanism for them. I don't know if it unleashes like hormones that kind of make them feel relaxed I'm not sure but Mm. for me in terms of like the sad stuff I just I feel like my mind just goes off a tangent to something positive I think I've trained my mind to do that but it always stems from something negative like seeing the positive in the negative I guess no, that's actually really interesting. That's another myth. There's, there's already a lot of good topics that you brought up. So even loving yourself, I want to go back to that. But a little bit more about kind of training your brain to find the positives and the negatives. So one thing that a lot of people struggle with is when they have so much negativity in their life, they always are fed negativity by the people around them, by what they might see on social media, by the people that they talk to in like school or work or whatever it is. Now, for someone like that to then how would you start training your brain? Because if you're in that habit of feeling like you're the victim, feeling like everything sucks for you, feel like things are bad, how would you say that someone should start training themselves to think and find the positive? Hmm, that's a good question, you know. 
I think the first thing, like in terms of social media, is being consciously aware of what is being fed to you and trying to find things that not necessarily, I don't want to say that the things that you see, for example, the harsh stuff on the news isn't good to see. It's not good to see. It's kind of useful to see what's going on in the world. But if that's like very traumatizing and negative for you, I think you should actively try and rejig the algorithm on let's say your Instagram or your YouTube by searching, let's say, dance videos or memes or something like that. Get the algorithm feeding different things so your feed is a bit more lively and less depressing. Also taking breaks from social media too. So then you can actually be present because I feel like when you're constantly on social media, like even me on my phone, yesterday I got a notification saying I was up 17% from last week. <laughs> it can get a bit much, you know? Yeah. So I feel like having good social media breaks is quite useful. But I also forgot what your question is. <laughs> I think I've gone a bit off time to, you know? <laughs> No, no. Um, let me think. What was my question? Because <laughs> you start talking about that, and I start thinking about, yeah, oh, this is really interesting. Like, man, this is <laughs> something that we need to kind of. Uh, my question was, how do you flip from the um, negative things, negative surroundings, and put that towards your positive? So you were answering the question correctly, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that kind of summarizes it. That's, that's interesting. I also think setting boundaries too. I feel like. In this day and age, we kind of forget to set boundaries for what we believe in or what we think is right or whatever, because society kind of have, has set a standard that we should believe. So I feel like if you make more efforts on saying, let's say, no, I don't want to swear, let's say if you're someone who doesn't feel comfortable swearing, but you're surrounded by people who swear every day, mm -hmm. if you are a bit more stern on the fact that you don't want to swear and set that standard from the beginning, people are less likely to kind of try and entice you to do that. No, no, like, that's what. Yeah. Like, me personally, like, I don't know, like, it, it can be applied with even, like, the simplest things. Like, I don't eat meat, like, I, and because I'm so kind of clear about that, like, when people, like, oh, say stuff, like, they don't ever encourage me to do it or, like, I don't drink. Like, because I say it from the start, like, no, I, don't, I just don't drink. Then people are like, oh, okay. Like, they, they never... I've never really been like pushed towards like doing that in terms of, I know a lot of people um, change what they're doing because of peer pressure. Like a lot of people get into drink mm -hmm. and drugs, like other negative habits because of peer pressure. And it, it makes, it makes a big difference when it starts with like within and you know who you are and you know what you want to do. But a lot of people never really look internally to be like, to even make the decision of, Oh, I don't want to swear if that's what it is. And then, yeah, even even people taking the time out to decide on what they want before they end any situations sets a whole new intention for it. And you set yourself up to be a lot more successful in whatever it is that you want to do. That's all, that's all it. But one other thing that I wanted to go back to is you talked about loving yourself. Now, what does loving yourself look like for you? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I feel like it's different for everybody. Because um, my sense of loving myself, people might say I'm a bit self-absorbed, as in <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I'd be like, yeah, you look good. Like, personally, I don't think I'm like the 
brightest flower on the tree, but I think I'm good enough for me, you know? Mm. So when I look in my mirror, I'm like, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to, like, the face I'm going to have for the next, hopefully, 100 years. <laughs> so I might as well fall in love with it. So anyone that knows me, if there's a mirror, I'm looking at myself, but I'm appreciating <laughs> myself. You know, no, I appreciate myself more than anyone else, I think. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. So, hmm, is it more of a visual thing for you to love yourself? I mean, obviously, there's that kind of deeper thing behind it of, you are appreciating yourself as a person when you look into that mirror and you say you love that person or you 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 look at them and you're filled with like, oh, I'm happy with who that is. Now, that's deeper. But when you do it, are you doing it intentionally? Or are you doing it purely for the purpose of what I see is what makes me happy? Let me think, because I've loved myself for so long, it's quite hard to remember the beginning, but I know it's not easy. And I know there's a lot of people that are still trying to, you know, start the journey of loving themselves, especially teenagers, you know, at the beginning of their teen years, there's just so much expectations, like on social media, presenting false sense of beauty, you know, with the, um, um, what do you call it? The infills the lip infills limp plumpers and stuff like that yeah, botox yeah. surgery just a lot of fakeness that's just being put on social media um so in terms of like beginning hmm. <laughs> i think one case would be in summer so obviously i went not obviously well i went to a majority white school um so i think there was only three black girls in the group and in summer um, for some reason, I use Vaseline on my skin instead of like sunscreen. So when I was in the sun, I would tan a lot. I would be much darker than my normal shade. So then obviously when you're standing next to someone who's white, your skin tone is especially dark. In pictures, you, it's, there's nothing wrong with being dark, but it kind of made you just stand out. And the people would make comments like, oh, you look so dark. Oh, you're so dark. You know, just making you feel like, um, an outsider kind of and then it'll make you think oh I wish I could lighten my skin tone do you understand it's kind of things like that you're like oh why am I so dark but I'm sure that all the people that said oh why are you so dark never meant it like that it's like you know just ignorance you know um, so I think I did use whitening creams um, yeah, I think I did. I think it was quite normalized back then too. So in terms of, let's say, loving my skin tone back then, what did I do? Ah, social media. I made sure I followed a lot of people who had the same skin tone as me and showed that they loved their skin tone and embraced it. And I think that kind of encouraged me to embrace mine too. That makes sense. I kind of went on a long tangent just to get there. No, 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 that's really powerful though, because it helps people to see the kind of the journey that you've been on to get to that point as well, because you're right, it, it really isn't easy to do something like that. And I think it was a similar thing for me as well with like being a Sikh, like um, I always felt like kind of like an outsider, people are like looking at me differently. But when I found people that I was like, yo, I really, really respect this person. I want to be like this person. Then I could like, I felt proud that I looked the same as them. And yeah. I guess it's a similar kind of thing. So it is about like, you will feel like an outsider until you find your kind of people that you that associate really well with. 
and social media, we're very lucky to have it. I mean, everyone talks about like how negative it can be, but that's a prime example of how you can use social media as a really positive way to influence your mindset and the way that you feel about yourself. So no, that's, that's, I, I've never actually heard of anyone using social media like that. Like no, no one's explicitly said it like that. <laughs> I have used it. So that's really interesting. Like the fact that you've done that. So that's, Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so at the start I mentioned um, that you are part of ACS as well. And that kind of ties into finding other people that you're, um, you associate better with. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of your role in that and why you joined it? So my role is a new role. So this is the first year we're having a welfare officer. So the way I understand the welfare officer role to be is that I'm the first point of contact to members and I just contact with contact the higher ups to ensure that um, students of African Caribbean descent who are also members of the ACS find what's the word? Oh, what's the word? You know, moving on to campus being a part of the Loughborough community, finding that easy to get into or, you know, not feeling like an outsider, feeling more comfortable. I think you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, no, I get what you mean. And also creating resources to kind of educate them on, let's say, stuff that they've forgotten. Because one thing that I know is a fact, and it's what happens to me too, is that there's so many things that I've been taught that are very useful and very helpful in life, but I've forgotten. So I have to <laughs> relearn it. And the thing is, you don't even know that you've forgotten it until you learn it again. Yeah. No, no. It's like you forgot. So what, can you give me an example or something like that? Um, fun fact that every seven years, you're, you have new cells in your body or something like that. Mm, yeah. So every, yeah, I remember. I remember hearing something like that. Um, I mean, that's funny because I actually forgot that I knew that until you just reminded us <laughs> of it. So, uh, yeah, um, so I think it's every seven years, every cell in your body replaces itself, which actually is a great topic to kind of lead on to. What's interesting? When I found that out, I think that was in secondary school, I was like, I'm going to be a vegan. So, all my cells are all healthy. There's no like, you know, artificial stuff in my cells. And then I just suddenly forgot about it until like this year. And I was like, oh, I said I was going to be vegan. You know? <laughs> so now my cells are going to have meat in it, protein. <laughs> <laughs> you can get protein from other places. I mean, I don't eat meat. So, like, we can still get protein. But um, no, that was link into what I want to say about becoming a new version of yourself, which is something that the G team is talking about a lot as well. But it's it's crazy to think that people like from like 20, 25 years old to like 60, 70, 80, 90 become the same person and they stay that same person and they don't want to change. So I'm not talking about physically here. I mean mentally because they have the habits of this did 10, 20 years ago and they don't change that. It's so easy to fall in the trap of just staying the same person that you are. Yeah. And I want to ask you, what personally do you, as part of the G team, you should be doing this, right? But what specifically <laughs> do you do that helps you to further yourself and make sure that you don't stay stagnant as the person that you currently are? Self-reflection 
I've been told that I'm very self-reflective, especially by my driving instructor. (laughs) (laughs) I would always like, you know, like in an English poem annotation thing that you would always analyze each sentence. I used to always analyze each of my actions. I don't do that as much before. I think think that was when I was trying to change my habits. So let's say in my head, I was like, oh, why is that person wearing that? I would quickly be like, no, they're allowed to wear that what they want. I shouldn't judge them. Like, it's their life. They can do what they want. It was little things like that. It was a lot of effort to keep correcting myself. Um, but I've become into the habit that I don't even realize that I do it, if that makes sense. No, no, no. Um, another thing I used to do is ask my close friends, hey, is there anything that I've done that you didn't like, or is there anything that I do that's a bit annoying? Like, let me know. Which is a bit risky because sometimes they can put their own um, what's the word? Insecurities. Yes, on you. Um, but because I trust them, and I think I'm very analytical, I can see if they're doing that, or if they're not, and if I agree with what they're saying. And if I do, for example, um, sometimes I don't pay attention when someone's talking to me. Like I've got so much going on. I agree with that. Um, so I would try and actively pay attention when I'm talking to someone or let them know, hey, if I drift off, please bring me back to reality because I want to pay attention to this conversation, you know? Right. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I feel like I've had to do that a couple of times before, maybe. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> I'll bring you back to the conversation because... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay, so thing no, no, because one thing that I'm I'm quite cautious of is the feedback that I get from other people. Cause I feel like if anybody anyone who gets to know me quite well always has things that they say, you should fix this, you should change this, you should do this. And you're right, like people's opinions, like when they say to you, you've got to be careful about how you take that. Now for me, like my work ethic, every literally, if everyone, if people get to know well, everyone tells me that I need to ease up on it. Like, like without, like everyone does. Apart from the people that I look on social media who were doing things <laughs> that I want to do. So, like, I literally find people like we talked about before that who are working eighteen-hour days, who are work pushing themselves, doing more and more and more as much as they can, and I do the same. I'm very happy with where I am. I'm happy with what I'm doing. But constantly getting that feedback of, oh, you need to give yourself a break, oh, you need to do this, oh, you need to do that, it makes such a difference to your mindset and your mentality. And sometimes I I don't worry, but sometimes I think about it and I'm just like, maybe they're right. Maybe I should listen to what they're saying. And then... That's the sticky thing as well, you know? Because then, then you get into that thought of like, Hmm. because it, even just like thinking about it sometimes you're just spending time and you get worried and you get paranoid about like oh should I be doing this should I be doing that or oh, this person said they don't like this about me do I need to fix that or do I need to sort of the NASA and like as a young person both of which it's still difficult to kind of figure these things out because it like everyone says oh you shouldn't want people to like you like live for yourself and all that kind of stuff but as a general compass of things that you do you do want people to like you because if people like generally what you're doing and who you are, it's because you're on a good path. Because sometimes you can be obscured by your own thoughts and feelings. So like you might think, ah, oh, like 
I don't know, it's weird to try and put it into context, but if you are, let's say, lazy and you don't do much at all, and that's who you are, and like, just as a society, generally, I don't think people say that laziness is a good thing. And like, for you to recognize that, oh yeah, this is bad, because society is also telling me that it's bad, or helping other people is encouraged. Society encourages that. So being a good person in society's eyes is usually a good moral compass to where you want to go. Yeah. But obviously, it's got to be taken with a pinch of salt when you understand for yourself what's best for you. Yeah, I feel like it's also key that when you're getting advice from other people is to make sure that you've asked for that ex- advice because some people just, you know, give advice because they think, oh, let me help them out. But your life is not theirs, so their opinion shouldn't really... They shouldn't really have an opinion on what you're doing unless you specifically ask for it, if that yeah. makes sense. No, no, that's true, that's true. So you actively actually get people's opinions on how they can help you, which I think is a great thing that people actually should do more as long as they know themselves well enough to decide which advice yeah. to take. No. That's key. And also, it's uh, make sure it's someone you trust because I feel like <laughs> a lot of people... They meet someone that they're comfortable with, but they don't necessarily know. And then they start telling them about like, their life issues because they're comfortable. And that's yeah. the thing that a lot of people do, I think, and that you should be wary of because you don't know people's true intentions. Some people come closer to you because they want something and pretend to be your friend. And at the end of the day, that would hinder your happiness because maybe their true colors will show later on. Yeah. I completely agree. It, it's crazy to, like, sometimes people want something from you and they don't even know that they want it from you. So, like, they might start talking to you, open up about their life, and they want you to look after them and talk to them and be there for them. But that not might that might not be what is in your best intention as well. So, like, you might be too busy. You you might not be qualified to help them if they need extra help. It's like, what is it? Normalise being clear. <laughs> Okay, okay. So we did a top tip Tuesday on um the G team, and I think that's gonna link in quite well with what you're saying. Normalizing being clear. What do you mean by that? I feel like society has kind of encouraged people to sugarcoat things. Like, let's say um you don't want to be friends with someone anymore. You gotta slowly distance yourself from them or give them blunt replies, not respond to their messages, air them for a couple of days, you know? But mm. why can't you just tell them, hey, listen, I've thought deeply about this. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. If they ask why, I personally think they're entitled to a response. But if you don't want to give them like the reason, then you can just say, um, you've done a lot of things that have hurt me. You've done a lot of things that have annoyed me. There's nothing wrong with you personally. It's just how I perceive our relationship and I don't want to continue or I don't want to continue getting to know you. I want to let this friendship die a natural death. You know, I feel like people should be more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when you put it like that, no, what's interesting about that is the way that you're going about that sounds like a breakup. Oh, that's doesn't it? <laughs> it like okay, like you you're talking to them and you're saying, look, I don't want to have this anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Now, what's interesting is I actually did that with a friend a while ago. Um, I I rang them up and I was just like, look, I just don't think that we should talk anymore. I just feel like this isn't good for. I mean. I think it was good for them. I don't think it was good for me. And that's why I had to stop it. And I was just saying, I just don't think this is good. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk to you. So like, 
can we just like in in a very civilized manner we came to a conclusion of yeah okay let's let's just not talk anymore and i, I listed like okay well this is the reason why this is why i feel like we shouldn't and then that was it and honestly after it i've just been so much happier because like it's just it was like a draining it's just taking energy away from me you know and you can't uphold that for a long time and people think oh no no like you can't you can't trust me trust me like especially when you start doing other things university yeah. other friendships having that in your life is it's, it's not going to benefit you at all and i feel like people are just scared especially let's say they've been friends with someone for a very long time they feel like oh these eight years of friendship you know shouldn't die so quickly but people change people change every day every second every minute we're literally upgrading in our life, oh, we should be, you know, upgrading to next level every yeah. so often. So yeah. the person we knew eight years ago, let's say that was level zero, is different to the person now who's on like level 20, you know. Exactly. And sometimes you might think, oh, they're level 20, they've grown as a person, that's a good thing. Sometimes we might be on level minus five. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they are. And it's just like, I, and then you can try and help them if you think that that's what you want to do. But if they're making things worse for you and they're putting their like burden you on you, then that's not good for both of you. And, and you can't help someone by jumping in a hole with them. Does that make sense? Like you need to pull them from outside. <laughs> you can't jump in there and give them a leg up because then you're stuck. Do you know what I mean? So no, that's, yeah. that's, that's very true. And I know one thing that you're also really passionate about is the way that you communicate with friends and the way that you talk to them. So what people might be thinking now is that, that's a kind of very harsh way to deal with your friendships. But on the flip side, you also like to use love languages with your friends. So would you be able to tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's key. Like with what you said, that it sounds like a breakup. People tend to forget that friendships are relationships. They're just relationships with your friends. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of things that I've been seeing in, on social media has been like love languages for relationships. I don't know why that's coming up on my feed, but it has. Um, it's, um, for example, oh, I can't remember the categories, but off the top of my memory, let's say, it's, let's say that's their love language. So even if you don't like receiving gifts, they like receiving gifts. So you should make the effort to get them gifts because that's something that they love. Or quality time is another one. Um, you may not like to see your friends all the time. And not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if a friend that likes spending time with you should make the effort to spend time with them and make it quality time, don't make it be an empty meetup, but like quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one is affection. I think some people love hugs. You know, if you're not a hugger. If that's your friend's love language, make the effort. It's like things like that. And also it's useful to find out your own love language because it don't it doesn't only apply to relationship, it applies to friendships too. And I feel like people forget that. So it's like, oh, I remember a friend was telling me that they were really upset that their best friend didn't get them a gift for their birthday and the best friend didn't understand why. But if you see it, my fault, let me call them person A's love language is gifts. And person B, who's their best friend, failed to see that. And that, mm. you know. And then uh, that's a breakdown in communication, breakdown in what people want. And yeah, you know, you were speaking and I literally, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, okay, that person's love language is that, that person's love language. <laughs> like, and I was just going through it and I was just like, well, I've never like 
defined it in a way like of like oh okay but this by defining it it helps you to set a goal if that makes sense so you can progress it so like if it is receiving gifts if i know someone likes receiving gifts i might acknowledge that and i might know that but turning that into then a mission or a goal to be like okay i know this person likes gifts i'm going to make the effort to make sure that i'm actively helping that offer tugs or whatever it is then knowing that is like I feel like it's like a kind of insider secret to like <laughs> develop like your relationships that you've got. So that's really interesting. And you do that a lot, I'm guessing then. Yeah, me, I'm not a hugger, but when people hug me, I'm not going to be like, oh, get away from me. I don't like hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be like, okay, this person likes hugs. Let me, let me just hug them. I mean, it's not <laughs> No. yeah yeah no fair enough fair enough i mean yeah everything's a compromise as well at the end of the day like you've got to think okay like what what's reasonable because you can't have everything that you want and neither can the other person so hmm, having that mindset is is key now right oh, is it sorry, quick one before we move on i think it's also key for people to have like raw conversations let's say every two weeks because i feel like everyone's just having fun with their friends, talking about memes, talking about life. But I don't know how often people have like, you know, you know, like in the semester in uni, they have like semester one feedback, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Because there might be little things that your friend has done that has irritated you, but you think it's little, so you're not going to say anything. But these things will build up. I remember one time my friend, um, what did she do? I think she posted a picture of me on Snapchat when I told her not to, but she did it anyway. And she said, oh, we're still going to be friends. She's not going to hate me forever for that. I could have forgiven her, but I decided to be petty and not speak to her for two weeks until she apologized to me because I knew she didn't understand that what she did was wrong. So I had to kind of treat her in a way that she would understand. It wasn't rude or anything. It was just like, I'm not going to talk to her until she apologizes to me. I was being petty. And then she understood. And then I explained to her, listen, please don't do this again. And then I would remind her like a couple of weeks. Do you remember what you did? I didn't like it. If that makes oof, sense. Oof. Wait, I feel like I'm getting told off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The kind of, the funny thing is, it's like, you're not petty for your intentions. The, the pettiness that you're saying that it was petty, it comes more from the specific way that you differ. Because I think you're completely right. If you say to someone, don't do this, and then they do it, right? You're right to be like, okay, well, there's clearly a problem here. If I'm asking something of you and you don't do it, then like there's something wrong and it needs to be addressed. The way that you addressed it might not be the way that I would address it. <laughs> but I mean, different things work for different people. Sometimes that's what it takes as well. Like I've had times where I've directly told someone something and they just haven't processed it so i have to act in a way that they then understand of oh wow okay like now i can feel like i've messed up but now like i understand like properly because sometimes people just don't communicate well through words and you can say it like directly don't do this you can look them in the eyes grab them by the shoulder shake them and say don't do it they'll do it then you you do something else or you do it back to them and then like oh now i get it now i get it that makes sense do you know what i mean like so Yeah, putting yourself in other people's shoes, right? Like, how would we summarize that in a sentence? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you summarize it in a sentence. If people have watched to this point, then we don't need to summarize it, and hopefully, (laughs) the (laughs) fault. 
<laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Let me just check if there's anything else. Um, hmm. Ah, okay. So, have you got any kind of long-term goals that you set in place? Because I think the goals are such a important thing for us to improve as people. Because we don't want to be stagnant. We want to improve. We want to learn. We want to grow. So, what kind of is there any goals that you have set in place? My goal is a personality goal. It is to become wise or to become a wise person. Um, I don't know when I will achieve that, but I'm hoping that I will achieve it within five years, if not 10. <laughs> but I feel like even if I don't reach that point, every year I'm getting closer to it. So I'm just getting a little bit more wiser until I reach, in my opinion, 100%. So, yeah. So what does that kind of look like for you to be wise? Hmm. So the way I see it, the reason why I wanted to be wise is like the role models in my life, my aunt's husband, my dad, my dad's best friend. They're just all very relaxed, calm and collective. They're very thoughtful with the things that they say. It's very concise and powerful so they don't really waste energy waffling on unnecessary things. And it's like they hold like a whole library in their heads of parables and proverbs and just wisdom. And I want to be like that. I want to be that person that's calm and collected, can, you know, spit out a couple parables here and there <laughs> that understand. You know, yeah. I want to be that person. So. No, that's really good. That's really good. And you said you give examples and but what is it specifically that attracts you towards being that person? Is it because you want to just follow in the footsteps of people that you know? Or is it that you want to share something with other people? What, like, what is the kind of the real reason behind it? I feel like when you're wise, I feel like wise people, everything kind of comes to them, if that makes sense. Um, as in... Things aren't complicated. The people you're friends with don't stress you. I feel like you're more at peace with your mind and your surroundings. I feel like there's, I feel like just striving for this goal, everything else kind of falls, falls into place mm -hmm. in terms of like, let's say my studies, I'll be more teachable, I'll be less, uh, let's say complaining like, oh my gosh, um, if, my dad didn't distract me. I would have got that grade in that exam, you know? Yeah. If I would be more wise about it, that's benefiting me in terms of studies, finances, or if I, let's say, if I'm complaining about um, not having a good paying job, if I'm wise about it, I'd be making sure I'm working towards getting a better job or doing extra things on the side to get to my financial goals. In terms of friends, if I'm a wise person, people around me will also be wise, you know, where they say the average of the five people around you is also who you are or something like that. Yeah. Show me friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. 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 And I think there's also a proverb saying that um, wisdom is like, is worth gold. If that makes sense. It's like. No, no, I get that. Okay. It's, it's extremely valuable. And, um, but it's something that I think like, in in today's society it's underrated if you know what i mean i feel like a lot of people are really shouty and out there and quick and they're like and people don't value that as much anymore wait 
Are you frozen? Yo, I think Princess is frozen. So just give it a second. Um, well, this is fun. All right, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, the connection was a bit unstable. You were frozen for a little bit, so I'm. Oh, so are you? Uh, oh, right. Okay, okay. I was literally just talking to myself because I was just like, uh, I don't know what I do right now. <laughs> but um, yeah. Sorry, you're saying wisdom. Sorry, were you saying something? Are you gonna repeat? Ah, okay, okay. So one thing that I was gonna say as well is, um, oh, I was talking about kind of in today's society, how wisdom is underappreciated I think because people are so kind of like instant they want like to know everything so quickly and like I feel like the process of becoming wise is like a long one like something that it's going to take time to do you know who I do look up to a lot when it comes to wisdom right they're joining the G team Olu right the way that he speaks the way that he communicates you can see that he really thinks about what he's going to say and then what when he says something it, like, it means a lot like it's 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 powerful so yeah yeah no I even when I did the podcast with him like it was very it was like, if you go back and watch it like that was Wait, when when I, was, was it this month or last month uh, I think it was uh last month or maybe the month before that um it, it's, it's been a little while but um that podcast actually changed the way that I do the podcast because usually if you go back to my earlier podcast you'll see how quickly I interrupt people and I talk and like I wanted to get my message out there and I wanted to say stuff <laughs> but then when Olu started speaking there was just something about it and I was just like and the way that he listened to me it made me think that yo I need to be a better listener like I, I, I've i never paid any attention to that I focus a lot on speaking and the way that I was talking and what I was saying but I never focus on the flip side and Olu completely unintentionally Help me see that. But yeah, I think I think we can we should both learn a lot from him when he comes in. That's the key of surrounding yourself with people you can learn from. <laughs> My God. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Like whether it's through social media, whether it's in person, whatever you can do, just finding people that you look up to, man. You just you'll just feel happier with yourself. Surround yourself with happy people, you'll feel happier, you'll be happier, you'll pick up happy habits. But yeah, man, I think I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Is there anything else that you want to bring any attention to? Anything for any final points? I was having fun, but no. <laughs> uh, hey, we can go on more, but I mean, to be fair, I think I'm not sure how long this is going to last, anyways, in terms of the recording. But yeah, man, good or good. Anything else that you want to finish on? No. Nice one. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Princess. And it's just been really good. I feel like the topics that we talked about are very relevant for us students. Actually, this is going to be like a bonus clip or something, right? We talked about one thing last night. Can you remember what it was? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why did you ask me these things? Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember. You're like, oh, wait, this give be me a key word. You said this would be a really good topic to talk about on the podcast. You specifically said this. I don't remember. <laughs> the, the only key word I can give you is lockdown. <laughs> See, my face is just full of confusion. No, you have to tell me. What All right, because basically you're talking about how... Um, you messaged me a couple of times about this, actually, saying how over the past kind of few weeks, going out, 
you felt like kind of nervous about it, social anxiety, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So would you be able to tell us a little bit more about your kind of experience with that and like how you've been feeling with lockdown and COVID and everything like that? <sighs> so me, as a person, I'm usually comfortable being on my own as an only, well, I'm not, an, okay, as living as an only child. Um, I've just been on my own a lot, so I'm usually very comfortable with it. But lockdown was a bit different. I don't know if it's because I came from uni, so I was just always surrounded by people. But even still, I was just in my room. Well, actually, no, I was also quite social. But anyway, that's besides the point. I think coming out of lockdown, I just didn't really want to go outside. I didn't want to sit in the sun. I didn't really want to hang out with people. I just wanted to be on my own. But at the same time, I also did want to go out in the sun and I also did want to hang out with people. And I was just restricting myself. And the only times I actually did go out was to do something that I really needed to do. For example, get a charger for my phone. Otherwise, I'll be completely disconnected from social media. So obviously, (laughs) I dread going to the post office or the corner shop to go get the um, charger. But on the way back, it's like rainbows around my head. I'm just jumping and flying. And I just don't understand. Why was I so and against going outside? But then on the way back, I just loved it. Um, but I guess it's normal. Okay, it's not normal, but I think... Hmm. I don't know what I think. Jean? Um... <laughs> Hmm. No, it, I, I don't know what I think as well. Now, with kind of COVID and everything like that, the the key message that I got from that is that often you fear something, you build it up in your head to be a big thing, and then you do it, and then you got those rainbows on the way back. Like, you, with, that comes with everything, though. Even, like, like, just absolutely everything. Sorry, go on. You got something? No, it just reminds me of things people have told me like freshers or meeting like you know freshers event let's say you've come late and there's people in their groups already and you're just like oh my gosh I don't want to go but I do <laughs> want to go I want to make friends but I don't know anyone I'm scared yeah. but then once you do go and you spoke to a few people hopefully that's that nice person that starts convo then it's great it wasn't the negative thing that you created in your head which is exactly what you were just saying about yeah Man, it, it just applies to so many different situations. Even with this podcast, at first I was just like, oh my God, people are going to just do this, they're going to just do this. They're <laughs> going to make a meme out of this, they're going to laugh at it or whatever, right? And like, nothing up. <laughs> nothing up. I've actually got so much good feedback from this. People really enjoy watching them. And I, I was just fearing it because it was kind of out of the ordinary. And like, if going out for you becomes out of the ordinary, then you automatically start to fear it. The things that you don't do regularly you'll fear them. So you just have to get into that routine of doing it. Man, if you didn't tie your shoes for 10 years and you came back to it, you'd feel nervous about it. It's literally tying your shoes, but you'd still feel like, oh, am I going to do it right? Oh, what's going on? Like, as, like, do you know what I mean? So it is just mainly about actually just doing stuff, stop fearing it because even though it's daunting, even though you haven't done it in a while, or maybe you've never done it before, one, you get over it, you'll realise that it's not that important. And, like, the fear was just kind of building up, but it had nothing to back it up. Yeah, doing something towards it is better than doing nothing. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a good place to leave the podcast as well. So <laughs> whatever it is that you've been thinking about, what do you need to do? What's the next step? The thing that you've been fearing, just go and do it. Just, just, just go and do it, and then tell me, tell someone, tell yourself, once you've done it, that... Look, it's actually just not as bad as you think it is. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, something to add, G. <laughs> go for it, go for it. It's like, you know, I feel like a lot of people have this, I don't know if you call it anxiety, it probably is. You know, when you go into a lecture late and everyone's eyes just on you and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go inside because I know everyone's yeah. going to look at me. But <laughs> if you think about it, when you're that person sitting down and you watch someone come inside, are you judging them? No, you're just like, oh, that person's late and you just carry on with your day. So when you're about to go into a lecture and you're afraid that everyone's just going to look at you and judge you, just think, if you were in that position, what would you be doing? You literally just look at them and be like, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, that's it that's <laughs> it so yeah you're right it is, it is a massive kind of overthinking thing mm. control your thoughts that's where the power is right well that i think i think <laughs> is it for the city's podcast <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on princess honestly it's been really good There's a lot of really really good messages especially for students that we're going to pick up on and be like yeah okay we, we need to start acting on these things. So thanks so much for coming on. I learned a lot as well. And I'm looking forward to working with you in the G team. Yes, thank you for having me. You're welcome, you're welcome. All right, nice one. See you there. Bye.